Welcome to Come Follow Me Weekly. My name is Heather, and I'm glad to have you here with me today. This lesson is Matthew 18 and Luke 10. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? The first statement in this lesson says, When you ask the Lord a question, you might receive an answer you did not expect. Well, that made me laugh and laugh. I find that most of the time when I ask the Lord a question, I receive an answer that I did not expect. And it's usually that those questions are answered in a way that I did not expect. Whatever I thought was going to happen or however I thought things were going to go, it's usually about the opposite of that. Or things in my life happen in a way that I had never imagined. But without fail, they happen in the right way at the right time, even if I don't recognize that until later. And then it says, if you are seeking the Lord's will, not to justify yourself, but because you really want to learn from him, the Lord will teach you how to live in a way that leads to eternal life with him. So that's the gist of what this lesson is going to be teaching this week. And I think it's a really good thing for us to consider. To me, I believe it's all in our attitude. I know that I do this a lot when I have a problem. I go to the Lord wanting an answer. But as I've thought it out myself, maybe I already have an idea of how I see things playing out and how I want things to go. And maybe I want a problem solved, but I don't really want to do the work that it's going to take to solve it. I just want it fixed. And it's not always a bad thing to kind of come up with our own plan. I think the Lord expects us to do something. And sometimes we have to take a step out into the dark without having an answer, just because we need to have faith in moving forward. But if we go to the Lord with the attitude of, this is my problem and this is what I think, what do you think about it, Heavenly Father? And to really be humble enough to listen to his answer and to be willing to follow his direction, I think that's when we can begin to grow the most and to get the most out of our lives that we possibly can. So the first section talks about Matthew 18, verses 21 through 35, where Peter asked the Savior about forgiveness. Now, as I was thinking about this, I imagine that as apostles, forgiveness was probably on their minds quite a lot because they were not always super well received as they went around teaching people a different way to live. And everything that they had witnessed with the Savior, there were a lot of injustices being handed out, to be honest. So I can see where this was a subject that was really on their minds. And as Jesus often did, he told them a story, and it was the story of a servant who owed a debt of 10,000 talents to the king. Well, this servant couldn't pay the debt, and as punishment, the king told the servant that his wife and children and all of his possessions were going to be sold. Well, that's a pretty heavy punishment. And the servant was obviously upset and basically begged the king to give him more time. Well, the ruler had compassion on this man and forgave him of his debt. So obviously this man was relieved, right? But then what does he do? He goes out and he finds one of his buddies who owes him 100 pence, which is much less than 10,000 talents. And he threatens him and he demands his payment. And then he throws him into prison until he gets what he's owed. Well, when the people find out about this, they go and tell the king who calls the servant. And here's what he says, starting in verse 32. The king says, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desiredest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. 
So that's a pretty intense story. And it seems so crazy, doesn't it, that someone would act that way after they had been forgiven such a huge debt and shown such great mercy to turn around and be so petty with someone and to just forget all of the mercy that they had been shown. Okay, so how does that relate to us? Don't we do the same thing sometimes when we are petty with other people, when we can't get over their faults or we can't look past an offense? I think the point of this story is for us to look at our lives and the mercy that we are shown every single day by our Heavenly Father and our Savior. Not one of us is perfect, so when we get on other people for not being perfect, I think that's just maybe something to think about. If you want to read a really great talk on forgiveness, you should read Elder Holland's talk entitled The Ministry of Reconciliation from the October 2018 conference. It's a great talk about forgiveness, and let's be honest, forgiveness is not easy. Um, There's a statement at the top of this talk that's online, and it says, I testify of the tranquility to the soul that reconciliation with God and each other will bring if we are meek and courageous enough to pursue it. I like those words, meek and courageous enough. Forgiveness is not easy. Sometimes it's really, really hard, and we can hang on to things for so long. But I think of that analogy of having rocks in your backpack and carrying those things around with you every day of your life. Um, I know how this feels. I know how hard it is to forgive. And sometimes we just carry those rocks around because we just don't have the courage to let them go. Or maybe our pride just gets the best of us and we just have a hard time letting that go. It's hard. There is one point in Elder Holland's talk that I would like to bring up, though. He says, It is, however, important for some of you living in real anguish to know what he did not say. He did not say, you are not allowed to feel true pain or real sorrow from the shattering experiences you have had at the hand of another. Nor did he say, in order to forgive fully, you have to re-enter a toxic relationship or return to an abusive, destructive circumstance. So we have to remember that sometimes relationships are toxic, people can be toxic, and sometimes it's better for us just to let those people go out of our lives and that that's okay. The Lord doesn't expect us to just put up with everything. But he does expect us to forgive where it's appropriate. And I think it's really just up to each one of us in our own personal lives, and our own personal situations, to decide with the Lord what's appropriate in those situations. Okay, forgiveness is a pretty heavy topic, so let's move on to something else. The next section of the lesson that I'd like to talk about is in Luke 10, verses 25 through 37. And this is the parable of the Good Samaritan. I think everyone knows this story. Here's an example of someone who is trying to justify themselves. There's a lawyer who asked Jesus a question, who is my neighbor? And he, I don't think he really wants the answer. He wants to hear the answer that he wants. And Jesus tells him this story about the Good Samaritan. And I'm not going to go through it because I know everybody knows this story. But here's a couple of things that I thought about as I was pondering that this week. We know that there's a man who is beaten and laying on the side of the road near death and people pass by him and then someone finally stops someone that's probably unexpected to stop and help him so i was thinking in our own lives who do we pass by on the other side maybe it's that new member of our ward because we don't know them or we're afraid to say hi to them maybe it's our next door neighbor that lives a different lifestyle than we do Maybe our ministering person that we don't know very well and we don't have much in common with. I think at the end of our lives, one of the only things that we are going to be taking with us is our relationships with people. And most all the things in this life that we worry about and obsess over are really temporary. When I meet my Savior and my Heavenly Father, they're not going to ask me if I've met my goal weight or how clean my house was or how many Instagram followers I had. 
I think we need to remember that as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have something really special that other people are looking for and that our Heavenly Father expects us to share with everyone we can in the best way that we can in the way that we live our lives. The last section of this lesson talks about the story of Mary and Martha that is found in Luke 10, 38 through 42. This is a pretty short account, but I love this story and I think there are a lot of things that we can learn from it. Jesus came into a village and was greeted by two sisters, Mary and Martha, and he was invited into their home. Mary chose to sit at Jesus' feet with him, and Martha was running around trying to get the food ready and make things nice for their guests. And she became a little frustrated because no one was helping her. Now, Martha might seem like the bad guy in this story, but I think it's really important to point out that she wasn't necessarily doing anything bad. And I think her intentions were good, but I think where it went wrong for her is that doing all the things became her whole focus, and she became distracted from the most important thing that was going on, that Jesus, the Son of God, was in her home. So Jesus tells Martha to choose that good part. So what does that mean, and what can we take away from this story? Here's a real-world example. I have the Gospel Library app on my phone. I also have Facebook and Instagram on my phone. And I can't tell you how many times I've sat down to read my scriptures on my phone, and suddenly it's 20 minutes later and I'm surfing through Instagram and have totally missed the point of why I got on my phone in the first place. Or I was really busy this month and I didn't have time to visit my ministering sisters, but I did have time to watch all of the Our Planet documentaries on Netflix. I think one of Satan's biggest tools right now is distraction. We can literally hold the world's worth of information and entertainment in the palm of our hands, and there are so many good things that we can spend our time on. But do all those good things keep us from doing the most important things? And I think that that is a question that we have to ask ourselves every single day. As I was thinking about this section of the lesson, I just kept thinking about this quote from President Benson. He says, when we put God first, all other things fall into their proper place or drop out of our lives. Our love of the Lord will govern the claims of our affection, the demands on our time, the interests we pursue, and the order of our priorities. So that's it for this week's lesson. I'd like to thank you for joining me. If you're a first-time listener or a returning listener, thank you. And feel free to share this podcast with your friends. I still haven't told anyone I'm doing it. <laughs> Thanks, and I hope you have a great week.